0: what you have always wanted to do. Today I'm Max's Island. I've got a really old friend of mine, Peter Taylor. Peter and I uh, met just before my first year of uni and I do recall many times going to uni in his his old green V-dub. Welcome to Max's Island, Pete.
1: Thanks, Tony. Great to be here with you today.
0: So, Pete, when we're on Max's Island we like to tell a story about that time in your life where something different happened or you went against the grain, or or just something special in your life occurred. I know you've had a number of overseas working experiences, but I think today you're going to tell us about one of those in
1: particular. I am, Tony, yeah. I, I spent, well, my wife and I spent uh, four years in Shanghai uh, from 2010 to 2014, uh, and it was quite a unique experience.
0: So Shanghai, um, and you had
1: been based in Perth prior to that? Uh, yes, yes, and... Uh, I guess the lead into it, it there's quite a, um, a series of events, and I guess it just shows uh, some things you you, you can't plan. Uh, fate sort of drives you in a certain direction. But uh, in 2009, the organisation I work for, some of our employees uh, in Shanghai were detained, uh, and uh, I won't go into the details, but it was quite a messy affair. And uh, one of those was the people with was the general manager uh, heading the team there. And so I volunteered to become part of the crisis management team because I had um, previous uh, experience in in the area of concerns. So I was a uh, I guess subject matter expert that the uh, that the team really valued. Uh, so I spent a year uh, actually locked away in a, a suite in the Burrswood Casino as a secure uh, place to work from. And then at the end of that, they were looking for a new general manager to go there and so I I put my hand up um, and said, said, I'll do that, so uh, off, off I went.
0: Yeah. So at least you knew what you were going in for a little bit because you'd spent that year in the crisis management team.
1: That's right. There, there weren't a lot of volunteers to go up there, <laughs> but but I had special insights. I'd, I'd been, part of the investigation, I'd been on the ground up there. I would uh, had, you know, in, you know uh, intricate detail on, on what, what had happened. No one has all the answers on these things, but I felt fairly confident that, uh, you know, I wasn't in any, you know, my family wasn't in personal danger uh, to do that. So, October uh, uh, 2010, um, I moved up there. My wife, Vanessa, stayed here for about six months. My youngest child had just finished high school and was about to enter Whopper to start a first year at uni there. And my eldest girl was also studying at uh, U- UWA, studying architecture. So she spent six months just getting them settled down and we have a sort of family joke that most families, you know, the kids grew up and they leave home but with the, our case the kids grew up and, and mum and dad left home. So, <laughs> so she, I was sort of FIFO for, for uh, you know, six months or so flying back and forward and the company was very good to cooperate with that and there's plenty of reasons to come down, for, for business reasons anyway. But then she joined me about March the following year so we set up our lives in, in Shanghai. How did the people in the
0: office deal with the fact that somebody from Perth was going to come and run their office after such a uncertain
1: time? Well, it was tumultuous, and some people from the office had been relocated to um, Singapore, but they felt they felt insecure there. So there was there was, a, and the remaining people there were really quite, I'd say, traumatised in a lot of ways. Um, it was quite difficult for them. So I went in there, and it was about fifty. 55 Chinese staff there and it was really that the first agenda was was really looking after them and and, um, getting them to operate.
0: Yeah certainly at at that time I guess as a a business sector we were coming into a a more of understanding of of trauma for workers and Mm. the need Mm. to ensure that uh, they were comfortable in their working environment um, and that was in the best interest of the company anyway.
1: Yeah, well, it was a huge challenge, uh, both in that, the, 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 I guess, those pastoral care elements of, of looking after the people there, re-establishing the company's reputation there and, and the customer relationships. Uh, and I have to say, the customers were fantastic. They, they, I guess, understood the politics of what was happening there. And non- nonetheless, it was a hugely challenging and stressful Sort of time, it was tough, tough uh, sure. first six months, that's for sure. A bit busy, but, but very rewarding too, so I'm really glad we did that.
0: Yeah. So I know that you'd spent some time in Hong Kong, so you're used to mm. some of that uh, uh, high rise Asian living. Shanghai was obviously nothing new from that point of view, but probably a little bit different to Hong Kong.
1: The, the key difference, Tony, was when we went to Hong Kong, our girls were two and three years old, respectively. And then they went into school. And school uh, is a a wonderful conduit to to make friends. And we we made some amazing friends in Hong Kong that are still some of our closest friends to this day, albeit that they live in other parts of Australia or other parts of the world. In Shanghai, because of Vanessa and myself, um, no kids, it was a very different thing. You had to work harder at meeting people, making friends. And yes, I could go to industry sort of or, or, or Oscham uh, events and things like that but you're still in the that sort of um, same sort of working environment and I didn't really want to put myself about too much at that stage anyway. Vanessa probably spent a lot more time together you know with, without other people around. Um, uh, but the life I mean Shanghai is a wonderful city. It was it's a magnificent, it was one of the great metropolises of the world I always say that and 22, 23 million people Depends on where you measure it from. <laughs> Very cosmopolitan. Got really interesting history, although relatively recent in Chinese terms, because it's really the the uh, um, the Western when when the Western world collided with China and around the Opium Wars and uh, you know, Jardine Matheson's and all the, all those things. Some really um, interesting history from from my perspective. Uh, not the proudest moment in, in Chinese. From the Chinese people's perspective, but nonetheless really interesting, and, and it, it it plays out in the architecture around the Bund and those places in in Shanghai. The the old the, the Western architecture, and and juxtaposed with the um, the Chinese elements of the of the city. But now the the new cities just absolutely springing up everywhere around us, and you, you'd go. Leave the country for for a month to go on a holiday or something, and come back, and there's a new building has popped up in front of you uh, on your way home from the airport or something. So uh, it just shows you how, just the industriousness of the of that of that uh, civilisation. Of the, yeah.
0: When you established yourself, those first you know eighteen months. What were the other challenges that you needed to face?
1: Well, apart from work, and, and that's there's all, there's always different challenges that that. Uh, Come up from from day to day, and you know, i said more than 50 Chinese staff working for me, and I'm I'm the only Westerner. So it was a real challenge to to basically tune into their psyche uh, and their culture. And the, how's your Mandarin? E D N E D N, Mama hoo-hoo, as they say in Chinese, not a tiger, not a horse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so so. so, so. <laughs> but uh, I had some really fascinating, and some, sometimes funny. Uh, instances where, where uh, you know, I completely miss the cultural cues and that, but uh, yeah, and they're usually most kind to me. And, and but from from a personal point of view, um, Vanessa and I, you know, we really sort of dived into the the, the Shanghai culture and and uh, and history there. Um, it's got some great. I mean, if you want to, uh, if you're a gastronome and, and love love eating and bars and that, it's endless and. Uh, what was great was places would spring up, uh, new areas would spring up every week, and and uh, they were a really cool place. They really found a coffee culture there during the period they were there, and the Chinese really embraced that. Um, so that was that was huge. Uh, we lived next right next to a very vibrant area, so you know we just walk across the street to a, sort of an array of places that very very different to a Perth environment unless you're living right in the heart of Fremantle or some, somewhere like that. But um, it's like female on steroids. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the apartment living, as you said, um, we we love apartment living as a change. Uh, we we did it in Hong Kong, uh, having just moved from a situation where we were renovating an Edwardian house, which was never-ending work, to living in an apartment where, where you, you didn't you didn't have that sort of uh, hanging over you on the weekends and that. So you're liberated. But yeah, look, there, there were huge amount of positives, but I guess the challenges were around obviously missed our kids, and and it was very difficult for my wife. I was travelling most of the week, um, and Vanessa would be at at home and trying to occupy herself with with different activities. But it was pretty tough for her and missing the kids. But you know, also, there were times when I mean, you you change your mode of thinking because we had an app on our phone, the Air Quality Index. if you're going to go for go for a walk or a, or a, a ride, but Shanghai's very flat, so he bought these old old clunker uh, heavy bikes and just rode around the French Concession and places like that. Beautiful, but uh, um, if sometimes you just wouldn't go outside because the air pollution was was so severe. I, I had a golf membership uh, in in not far out of this, well, still really in the city, um, but you know I said, well, I'm not going to spend four or five hours out in the in that sort of atmosphere so you just you'd make those where well, you wouldn't even think of doing that in perth yeah so, so how
0: many how many months a year is the air quality really bad oh
1: uh, it? it's generally over the summer period yeah. although winter you, you can get a period of sort of different atmospheric conditions where it, it just you get the particular levels just go boom although shanghai's probably more you get with the industrial areas around there you get more like sulphur and and that sort of thing. With, with Beijing or places like that, that's more particulates from motor vehicles and dust and things like that. But yeah, sometimes it got quite severe. The good thing was, generally, you have got a few days of it and you've got a bit of breeze and that it would blow blow everything away. But uh, and then you get the rains and that, and you might be stuck inside you know, the monsoons and that. You you, you get you know, stuck inside, so you get a bit of cabin fever. But yeah, look, it um, wasn't wasn't. Too bad. But
0: and just curiously, you, you said you were the 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 only Westerner in your office. Supporting staff, um, well trained, well
1: educated. These I, I was, you know, amongst my amongst the professional staff there, I was, <laughs> possibly the, the least qualified. <laughs> they all got PhD, or, uh, you know, three or four PhDs amongst them, and uh, you know, very highly qualified people, um, very smart people. Obviously, at bi- least bilingual. All got good English. Yeah, in, in my division, there were other Westerners in the office, but um, we also had a big project when we first went out there to move offices and expand. And we had to make a statement that the company was there to stay. Um, so there was a very much a design element to that, just to, to make a statement that um, for our staff and for the outside world and for our customers that we were very much there to stay. So that was an interesting project to have the, the architects and designers and everyone. Um, sort of buy into that to, to uh, design. And we, we, we did, I thought we did a really great job. It looks, it was a SMICO office by the end of it. And it was sort of the, became the global benchmark for, for what, what the company, um, how they designed offices from there on. So that was quite interesting, yeah.
0: And how did the girls go? Running your house in Perth, at, at, and they were, you know, uni, both uni students um,
1: had the freedom of the, the place. Yes, they we we called it the frat house because it was <laughs> like uh, who who uh, who has a, a a home you know to run of a run of a home when they're uh, in the union. So I'm sure there was there was plenty of parties. Although our neighbours tell us that uh, they only had to uh, ask them to quieten down once, and that was about three am in the morning. But they they did really well. Look teenage girls they they had their moments and they were on the phone to mum to a referee <laughs> and uh that, that was uh, a bit traumatic sometimes but uh i think you know they're now they're the closest buddies and i, I reckon that was the, the the seeds that sowed that that relationship because it, it made them live and work and and understand each other but yes they did uh I, i'd say i say they they basically uh um, demolish the house by increment when we're when, <laughs> w- when we're away because we we always intend to come back and renovate the house, which we which we duly did. But no, they were, it was it was only so that tongue in cheek. They they, they they did exceptionally well and got through uni and did did all they 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 needed to do. Looked after our dog and things, and so these things were thrown on them that they they didn't certainly didn't expect to happen. So um, they they cope with that that, that wonderfully.
0: So that's an interesting thing, you know, you're having to follow your career and, and spend, you know, four or five years away and, mm. and things like you couldn't take your dog, mm. you know, and um, so, you know, some of the sacrifices you have to make. And that's, you know, for, for, for us dog lovers, you know, that, that's a big thing.
1: Yeah, look, I always, you know, as you said, I've worked on a couple of occasions overseas on, on company postings, and I always view that as a privilege, and it is. I guess people mm. Think of it as saying it is just a it's a gravy train or you know one, um, but they they don't see the the tough side of it because you do you you miss your family, your extended family you miss your friends you miss out on so much and um, coming back is quite interesting because you've been away for so long, um, and people don't want to hear about your the continuous your experience or in Shanghai or in Hong Kong sure and in fact I end up saying to somebody who's sort of rolling their eyes, we uh, said, well, look, if I can't relate my elements of my life in the last four years, I've got nothing to talk to you about. You know, so I'm sorry, but, yeah. you know, um, yeah, bear with me here. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: and, you know, you, you need to communicate what your experiences are yeah. to, to, again, to re-assimilate back to, you know, other people's, yeah. you know, in, in association with other people's
1: lives. And the, the assimilation is tougher, I, although I think we, we reflected on this we were in Hong Kong from 95 to 2000, and and then Shanghai 2010 to 14, and it was much easier this time. And and I put a lot of it down to technology, that, that we you know because we were able to Skype with people and um, or FaceTime or whatever the technology was. Um, it was much more connectivity, so he didn't lose uh, that connection with people
0: through the web of security. Uh, <laughs> yes, we were always <laughs> conscious
1: that that. Uh, we were being heavily scrutinised the whole time. Uh, so, yet yeah, there was always that, uh, and sometimes, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, the the internet would go on the you know, get blacked out. And <laughs> <during> <laughs> Just when you were doing during it. particular periods and yeah. time, yeah, so. particular business deals and yeah, times. Yeah, no, no surprises there. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's uh, um, yeah. Look, it, it's as I said, it's a privilege to to have these experiences, um, but they're they're. Um, people, if they are looking to do that, go in with your eyes wide open because there are certainly pressures. And I know some of um, my colleagues, other people that we um, knew there, some of them really struggled and 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 failed, I guess, to complete assignments and that because they either their spouses or themselves couldn't you know, couldn't ha- handle it. You know, so, yeah, um, it's not easy.
0: Yep. Personally, you were you know you were there for a period of time, you know, pretty much to do a job and, mm-hmm. and, and re-establish a, a position and, and that in itself is, um, you know, is a, a, a sort of a defined project. Mm. But, but personally, professionally, what did you take away from your time there?
1: Well, from a work perspective, we were working in a very, I guess, a geopolitical situation. I had direct contact with the Australian Ambassador, um, with, with, the, with the Consul General, so, um, and they were getting briefings from us, you know, um, periodically about, you know, how things were going, and we built up a, you know, really good rapport with people like Francis Adamson, who's now um, very prominent in DFAT. Uh, But, yeah, just, you know, a greater understanding of of the market and that that environment. Um, From a personal point of view, I think just a much less simplistic view of, you know, when people think about China. Um, I mean, the Chinese people are fantastic. I mean, when you think about a civilization where the, the cultural Revolution was like men in black just blatting everything that they uh, had had uh, supposedly experienced and, and was there in, in their genome for so many um, millennia well uh, that was never going to happen that they're so enterprising and entrepreneurial that they, they've come out of the come out of that and, and you saw through um, the 80s, 90s and 2000 that just what they could achieve now. Um, the, the political side of it, you know, people have, you know, lots of different views and um some of the, some of the actions, you know um, people you know, raise concerns about. But you still have to respect and, and you know, appreciate um the character of the Chinese people and, and their 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 strong filial responsibilities. The family is so important to them. Uh, and yeah, you they know, they're they're they great people. Um tough to do business with sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um but also good to do business with, yeah, you know, so um, and I always took a um, what I guess what they resent sometimes is people coming in, especially westerners, and and being arrogant and supercilious. And if you go in with humility and um, understanding, and that, that they they really appreciate that because that's that's more a Confucian way of of dealing with the situation, and and the, what what they would do rather than your typical you know sort of western. Um, brash sort of approach
0: that's an interesting point do you think they felt more comfortable dealing with australians than perhaps the americans
1: i saw that question coming yeah <laughs> i wasn't gonna mention at that time certainly yeah <laughs> definitely and and you know they, they love aussie you know um uh, character and they love things australian they were always fascinated about australia and and, and a certain amount of envy i think because they they always used to say, "Your God has blessed you." Australia is such a big country with only a few people, whereas uh, China, smaller country, don't, don't know about that, but yeah. so many people. And and I sort of have to um, politely point out to them that while Australia is a very large country, there's. Not a lot of it. That's not really that attractive to live in. in. (laughs) Exactly. It may have some minerals and that, but. uh, uh, Pete, in winding up, I do know
0: you did have a a bit of a personal achievement toward the end of your time there. So perhaps you could just
1: uh, oh yes mention that as we sign off. Yeah, quite an unusual one, and I've have to pay uh, tribute credit to my wife Vanessa. Uh, she said to me, because I wasn't in great condition. Um, my, my 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 role, I was I was eating and drinking for for uh, for the for the organisation basically. I was out at banquets and uh, it's it's hard not to uh, and, and sitting on aeroplanes and trains and that for inordinate periods of time. Uh, so I wasn't in the best of shape uh, and had certainly uh, cracked a hundred kilos, uh, well and truly. And and I wasn't I was really wasn't feeling well. And she said, next time I'm on the plane, watch this this video, uh, this guy called Michael Mosley, who was promoting uh, the 5 and 2 fasting, you know, the fasting diet. And and I looked at and I, th- I thought, it sat back and thought, I said, you know, I reckon I could do that. And I thought of how I would do it around my work schedule and everything. And so I went back to my staff and said, right, so Mondays and Thursdays, if we have customers visiting us, which we quite often just people roll up on the doorstep and the expectation was, You'd have a meeting with them and take them out to dinner or lunch or whatever. Uh, and I said, if that happens, I'm happy to have a meeting with them and pay them all respects and that. But I'll leave it to you guys to, to 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 go out for a meal with them. And in some ways, that was better because they could then relax and just speak. They didn't have to speak English and things like that. Because one Chinese guy said to me at a banquet one day, says, "Mr. Taylor said, when you speak Chinese, says." we understand you better when you speak English. So (laughs) that was probably the point that I gave away sort of my Chinese studies. (laughs) (laughs) It was was quite forthright from from a Chinese guy, so so, uh, respectful, but uh, anyway, or diplomatic I should say. So anyway, I I embraced this and really took it on and um, yeah, just over a year I lost 25 kilos just adhering to this and... The guys in the office the the stuff they thought i was crazy because to to try not to eat at lunchtime and that i'd bring a yoga mat in and shut the office door and uh, it was sort of frosted glass with clear bits and they could see i was had a tabata app there and i had a little routine that would go inside i'd I'd do this these floor exercises on the and to, to, to get a workout and, and then have my juice at lunchtime, and they all thought the boss has gone nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the weight just dropped off me, and it was life, and, you know, my, my health, all my bloods and everything. Uh, absolutely amazing, and happy to say it inspired a lot of other people. That When they saw me, the first thing they said, are you well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I'm, I've never been better. Uh, and then when they heard the story, they, they wanted to, to know more about it and, and, and took it on, so... It was a life-changing to me uh, and something, you know, you can make a decision at that point in time, you're either going to um, make a change or, or you're going to take the consequences. So mm-hmm. I decided to make a change. Yeah.
0: Thanks very much for being on Max's Island. It's a great story. I, I knew the background to it but really didn't appreciate the extent that you were, you know, a little bit isolated and, and separated from... From so many people, but uh, mm. great story. Thanks for sharing it on Max's Island, and perhaps later on there's uh, another story down the track we can um, have another session.
1: Thanks, Tony. My pleasure.
2: we spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur. Oh, work play and how how it had it turned out this way he told me his plan a short-term escape five weeks on the and track it alone no one to blame if he finished or fell by the Every sense was engaged His mind was as clear as the sky Completely alone No emails or phone